All right, I need to get a little pulse today. How many of you have all your Christmas cards sent out? All right, all right. How many of you wait till you receive a Christmas card before you send one? All right, got your number now. <laughs> all right, how many of you include a Christmas letter in your Christmas card? All right. How many of you read the Christmas letters you receive? Be careful now. <laughs> all right. How many of you have all your decorations up? All right. How many of you are still trying to find some of your dire- decorations? You don't know where they're at. <laughs> All right, how many of you have all your Christmas shopping done? How many haven't started? How many of you wait till Christmas Eve and do it all at once? Just curious. All right, all right. You guys are brave ones, I'll tell you. How many of you have all your Christmas plans figured out at this point? How many are waiting to see what kind of options you got? How many of you open all your Christmas on Christmas Eve? All right. Christmas morning? All right. How many of you open all the gifts at one time? Let's see. All right. Ten seconds, two injuries, bows and wrapping paper everywhere, right? How many of you do it one at a time? Yeah. So that's what we did last night. Uh, we celebrated our Christmas uh, as a family. So I had noticed something th- this year that Christmas stuff hit early. I mean, it hit really early. Stuff started hitting the floors of the stores like the end of September. And it just was kind of weird to see Halloween and Christmas decorations side by side. I mean, it clashed for one, and it just was weird. And I'm thinking, if they keep amping up and pushing it forward, they'll be putting it out like the 4th of July. And I thought, well, that wouldn't be bad. It'll all be red, so that would work. But it, we just um, we, we keep pushing things. You know, the, there's a house not very far from us. They started putting up their Christmas lights in October. And uh, started running them, and you're like, okay, it's uh, October. But it just seems like when it comes to Christmas, that you kind of get going through the motions. When things start gearing up, though, Christmas is hard to miss, isn't it? And something I found interesting, this is a newsflash for some of you, this year, Christmas falls on Sunday. It's creating a lot of uh, family complications. And, uh, you know, how convenient, inconvenient is that? You know, Christmas on Sunday. Huh, go figure, you know. But the fact is, many of you are thinking that, right? It has always been inconvenient. In fact, that first Christmas was anything but convenient, there, it was just all over the place. We've been in this series uh, going through the motions. And we've talked about that for generation after generation that they waited for the Messiah. And many people uh, ended up abandoning the faith. They just gave up. They quit waiting. And so when that first Christmas rolled around, they just missed it entirely. Didn't see it coming. The politicians missed it. The innkeeper missed it. 
the, the businesses, they hadn't even zeroed in on it yet. And even the religious community missed it. Why? Because they weren't looking. They weren't waiting anymore. And in fact, I would argue that they were just going through the motions of the day-to-day. And I believe it's really easy to go through the motions. You're searching for the perfect gift. You're looking for that bargain. You're looking for a parking spot at the mall. You're hanging lights. You're putting up the tree and putting up all the decorations. You know, there are cookies to bake and cakes and parties and dinners that you got to plan, that you got to attend, and you're trying to figure it out. You got this big long list at Christmas time of all this stuff. And you check the list, you check it twice, and if you're not careful, you find that you're just going through the motions, especially at Christmas, I think. It's curious that first Christmas, um, it was rather quiet. I would argue the first Christmas was a little bit obscure, that um, you got this teenage mom, she's going to give birth in a stable. Why? Because there wasn't room for them in the end. Apparently, they had no Motel 6s back then, all right? They didn't leave the light on for them, but God did. In fact, the Magi would notice that there was a light in the sky, and they would start their journey on Christmas Eve. But they weren't there. The Magi were not there that first Christmas Eve, all right? In fact, that that first evening, I doubt that there were very many people there. They, that first Christmas was, was just quiet. I mean, there wasn't much noise. Oh, yeah, the animals, they were, they were noisy. A few shepherds that showed up. Well, actually, they raced to the scene. I'm going to guess they were pretty excited. The, the sky had exploded in joy. They had seen a celebration of angels in the sky. But other than that... There just probably weren't a lot of visitors that evening. Heaven and nature, they understood what was going on. Mary and Joseph, they were, they were still trying to figure things out at that point. And I'm sure that as Mary or Joseph were holding that baby, they wondered, what child is this? But the first Christmas was quiet. It was quiet. Today, (laughs) Christmas is loud. It it, it is hard to miss Christmas. You know, more than 2,000 years after the birth of Christ, people are celebrating Christmas all around the world. Whether you celebrate Christmas or not, whether you celebrate for the right reasons or not, You can't miss the fact that it's Christmas. You can't miss the fact that Christmas is coming. You can't miss the Christmas celebration, can you? But I would argue you can miss Jesus. That first Christmas, Jesus changed everything. Changed everything in your life and mine. And what I want to do today is I want us to learn two two words. The first is a Hebrew word, hene. Say that with me, hene. 
All right, we're going to try that again. Hene. All right, we've got a little work to do, but that'll work. And then there's the Greek word, I do. Do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Oh, very good. Now we're, now we're cooking. So those are two words, different language, Hebrew and Greek, but they both are translated, behold. And then anytime you hear the word behold in scripture, hene, I do, you are about to hear something that's life-changing. In scripture, when you read behold, it, it is something to be heard. The, the writers want us to hear it. You know, modern language, we might translate it and say, dude, seriously, pay attention at this point. Behold, hene, I do, and then there's a statement made about Jesus, a statement that is life-changing. I mean, the first, we we run across 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah, he writes this, he says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, hene, behold, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. People in Isaiah's time, when they heard that, that got their attention. They're like, are you you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The Savior, God's son, is going to be born? I mean, childbirth, it's a miracle, right? It's a miracle. But the Son of God being born, a virgin girl giving birth, well, that's a miracle. Miracles. An angel appears to Mary, informs her that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. Young teenage girl. I got to think she was scared. But it's interesting because if you read this story, she trusted God. There's no doubt about that this young girl trusted God because she says, may it be done according to your words. And it was. She'd give birth. She'd give birth to the son of God. The night Jesus was born, shepherds, shepherds out in the field, going through the motions, doing what they always do. And by the way, shepherding, not a great job. It just wasn't. I mean, you, you lived with the sheep, basically. You ate with sheep. You slept with sheep. You smelled like sheep. Uh, the, the job's at pits. But they're out there doing it. They're out there doing what they always do. Sheep, of all animals, not the most interesting or exciting animal in the world. Kind of boring. Oh, once in a while. I'm going to guess it got exciting once in a while when like a wild animal would show up. But that was about it. In the middle of the night, these guys are going through the motions. This boring, dull, humdrum life. 
Angels appear. The sky explodes with joy. I mean, angels. Angels had shown up and talked to priests. Angels had talked to prophets. But it's the first time we're told that an angel showed up and talked to a shepherd. The biggest breaking story in the history of the world, and it would appear these are the guys that get told. Scripture says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I do. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior, who's Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Behold. Check this out. Pay attention. Do not miss this. The baby is born for you. This baby is the savior of the world. It must have been something. I mean, I can't imagine the the shepherds. They must have been jazzed. They must have been amazed. Thinking, why would God tell us? You know, wow, God must really think we matter. He told us. And what do these guys do? Well, they didn't go on a lecture tour. They didn't go on the, like the talk show host thing. They didn't set up a souvenir stand, sell little angel trinkets or something. Didn't write a book. Didn't write a screenplay. Didn't hope that maybe it'd get picked up for a movie. They just, what'd they do? They raced to see the Savior and to share with this new mom and who she was holding. Behold, I bring you good news, great news, amazing news. Behold, a Savior's born. You'll, you'll find him lying in a manger. They did. That baby is Christ the Lord. Behold, he's going to change your life. Here's another picture in Scripture. John the Baptist. John the Baptist makes a bold declaration. Scripture says this, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, What? Behold, I do. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold, everyone, listen up. Pay attention. You don't want to miss this. You're not going to believe this. Behold, it is the Lamb of God. Lamb of God that's going to take away the sins of the world. Behold. You know, John got everybody's attention when he yelled that. He was in a predominantly Jewish crowd that day. He says, there's the Lamb of God. Do you see him? And when people heard that, they paid attention because they got it. They understood it because in that day, Lamb of God, they knew what that meant because they lived during a time of a sacrificial system that was in place that they understood that Sin, the price of sin was death, that somebody could die in someone else's place. And immediately they would have thought of the Passover. They would have remembered when 
celebrating that, that Passover when God uh, delivered Israel out of Egypt. And God sent the angel of death, if you remember. And the angel of death would pass over certain homes. Homes that the door was covered in lamb's blood. They, they basically would take an innocent lamb. And they'd sacrifice it. And they would take the blood and they'd put it on the door and the family was saved because of the blood. When they heard Lamb of God, they got it. John the Baptist says, check it out. I do. Behold, there he is. The Lamb, not just any Lamb. The Lamb of God that will be sacrificed for the sins of the world. People got it. You know, later the apostle John, he, he would write Revelations five twelve. He's talking about their creatures in heaven, says in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Behold the, the baby Jesus. Behold the Christ child. Behold the one that was born to die. Behold the Lamb of God. There's another picture Pilate would paint for us. John 19.5 says, Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, What? Behold. I do. Behold the man. Jesus, Emmanuel, God in the flesh. Jesus, fully God. And at the same time, fully man. It's kind of hard to understand sometimes. But Jesus, the man. Jesus, the man that would walk this planet. That would walk this planet full of God's love. Jesus, the the man that had compassion, that reached out to lepers, that would would touch the outcast, that would love those that were unlovable. You know, Jesus, the man that would see someone blind and would heal them. You know, Jesus, who befriended the prostitutes and the thieves. Jesus, the man that would love people that were so unlovable, that were struggling, that the religious community... They couldn't stand him for it. Jesus, who would be beaten so that we could be healed. You know, Jesus would be obedient to God, even, even to death. Is willing to face mockery. That was willing to be nailed to a cross. Jesus, that could have called down a legion of angels. To rescue him. But Jesus instead. Scripture says. He turned to his father in heaven. And said forgive them. Forgive them. Isaiah writes. He says. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was punishment. That made us whole. And by his bruises we are healed. You and I need healing. In our lives. You know, the Bible says uh, heaven is perfect. And we want to go there. It's where we want to spend eternity. But 
the, the deal is in heaven, if it's perfect, it means there's no mistakes, there, there's no inconsistencies, there's no sin. It's a perfect place, which means only perfect people get there, which means, well, it means we're not getting in. You know why? This may shock some of you. You're not perfect. <laughs> we don't stand a chance. Sin has separated us from God. That's the reality. It's just separated us. I always like the, there's the letter written to Santa. Little boy writes, he says, Dear Santa, there are three boys that live in our home. Jeffrey's two, David's four, Norman's seven. Jeffrey's good some of the times. David's good some of the times. Norman is good all the time. And I'm Norman, (laughs) you know. And I love it. Every time I read that, I think, oh, that's cute. But here's the problem. None of us are Normans. None of us bat a thousand. None of us are perfect. We've sinned. God knew that. And so God comes up with a plan B. He's going to send a Savior. Jesus, fully man, fully God, Jesus that lived a perfect life. Jesus that would willingly give himself up and die on the cross and pay the price for our sins, our iniquities, our transgressions. Jesus that was willing to take the punishment on himself. Why? To heal us. See, the good news of Christmas. A Savior's born. Who is this child? Behold, Hine, don't miss it. Jesus, the Christ child, is born. Behold, I do. Pay attention, the Lamb of God who who was sacrificed for the sins of the world. You know, behold, I do. Jesus, the man who who lived, who, who suffered, who endured the pain of this world faced the cross. Jesus paid the price so he could heal us. I want you to think about something. Just a little review. And I'll be honest with you, I was sitting this week working on, on the message and started doing the review myself. It was a little overwhelming. But I just want to recap a few things from this past year. And I think it's very, very easy for us to read about something or catch something on the news or uh, on the Internet or wherever and kind of dismiss it. You go, oh, oh, what a tragedy. You know, someone died. Oh, that's awful. Oh, cool. Sail at Old Navy, you know, and... And we just, you've done that, haven't you? I mean, I'm not the only one. Just this past year, though, I mean, we started the year January 8th, Tucson, mass killing, resulted in 19 people being shot, six people killed, included a six-year-old little girl. You know, March 11th, Japan gets rocked 
9.0 earthquake kills 20,000 people. Results in the meltdown of the nuclear power plant. It's something they will deal with for generations there. You know, May 22nd, tornado rips through Joplin. 160 people killed. Practically leveled the city. July 22nd, Oslo, Norway. One man goes on a killing spree. By the end of the day, 77 people are dead, most of them teenagers. Worst killing in Norway since World War II. October the 4th, Mogadishu. Car bomb, 100 people die. Same day, there is a flood in Thailand that claims over the, the lives of 657 people. And friends, I could go on and on and on with stories like that. I mean, I'm not even talking about war, oppression, government corruption, corporate corruption. I mean, I could go on. What I'm saying, this world's a mess. It's a mess. And the problems just keep amping up. It's not getting better. Behold, I do. And nay, you need to hear this. Scripture says, Revelation 22, Behold, I'm coming soon. This is Jesus talking. Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward's with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Behold, you need to pay attention. I do. Jesus is returning as a king. He's going to bring peace to everything. He goes on, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You know, when... You think about when Jesus came more than 2,000 years ago, the first Christmas, he came in a manger, came as a baby. And what I want you to know is, yes, that's how he came. So he could buy us freedom, forgiveness. But friends, when Jesus comes back again, new deal, new situation. Revelation 17 It says, they will fight against the Lamb. Lamb of God, remember. But the Lamb together with his called, chosen, and faithful followers will defeat them because he is the Lord of lords and King of kings. Lord of lords and King of kings. When Jesus comes back, he will rule. When Jesus comes back, there will be justice. He will right the wrongs in this world. When Jesus comes back, nations will fall. And he will rule king of kings, lord of lords, king of kings, and lord of lords. John writes, he says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Take a good look, friends. Look at this world. I mean, there's famine. There's destruction. There's injustice. There's moral depravity. You see pain and suffering all over the place. 
Behold, be warned, Jesus will return. He will return as king. And behold, you ought to find comfort because there's no more suffering, no more pain. It will be put an end to all of it. Behold, Jesus, the baby in the manger. Behold, Jesus, the lamb of God. Behold, Jesus, the man. Behold, Jesus, the victorious king. Behold, Jesus, that wants a relationship with you. Revelation 3, he says, behold, Jesus is talking there, behold, I do, pay attention, don't miss this, I stand at the door and knock, if any hear my voice and open the door, I will come into their house and eat with them and they will eat with me, behold, Jesus says, behold, just let me in. I'll show you God's unconditional love. Behold, I will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't even make sense. It's so wonderful. You know, behold, if you let me in, Jesus says, I will bring you unspeakable joy. Behold, I will bring you healing. Behold, I will bring you life, abundant life, eternal life. A life that's above all other life. Behold, I'll guide you. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you power as you live in this world, as you face the struggles that you face. You know, behold, Jesus says, I'm here. Are Are you listening? Are you paying attention? Friends, behold, Jesus Christ stands at your door. And he's knocking. He's knocking on your door. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Christmas is about you letting him in. That's why he came to this earth. Why? Because he wanted a relationship with you. Period. It is hard to miss Christmas. It's all around us, isn't it? But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, It's really easy to just go through the motions. It's really easy to just kind of move along little by little. Oh, you see the Christmas celebration? You do all the Christmas stuff. Go here, go there, do this, do that. But it's really easy to just miss Jesus. Behold, Jesus, behold the Son of God. Behold the Christ child that was born to die. Behold the Lamb of God who died for the sins of the world. Behold Jesus who was fully man and fully God who willingly faced suffering. Behold the man that was willing to die for our sins. Behold Jesus, this is where I find hope, who's coming back to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Behold Jesus that's knocking at the door and he wants in your life. Behold Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. The Savior is born. 
Who is the child? Jesus. It's Jesus. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, Christmas, it's all around us. Everywhere we look. But God, I pray that we do not miss Jesus in the midst of it. It's more than the reason for the season. It is the season, period. God, I pray that uh, we just behold you. That we just adore you. God, I thank you that you loved us that much, that you came to this world. God, I pray that every one of us would just open our hearts, open the door, not just let you in, let you take over. God, we thank you for all things. And in all ways. Amen.